The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker, the Stock Market Authority, and uh, my guitar work always makes me smile, and it makes uh, Chrissy smile, my uh, producer. Uh, hey, good morning. Great to see you, and uh, uh, it's good to be alive in America, folks. It is not good to be Sam Bankman-Fried or SBF from here uh, uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, today, we're going to talk about crypto, FTX, uh, SBF. Uh, and uh, and never losing a lot of money in the, in the market, stock market or otherwise. Uh, we're going to open up the mailbag, which is great. We're going to talk about your crypto, what you should do with it, uh, fintechs, and uh, and you know a couple of first personal finance questions. And then we're going to go to the portfolio, you know, my real live portfolio that my wife and I have outside of uh, you know just going away with the S&P 500 in the retirement plans. And we're going to go through last week's changes and future opportunities that uh, that arise. And I'm going to uh, hopefully finish with a flourish with some much-needed levity with Gary Gullman, one of my, my personal favorites. Before I forget, please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. The link is in the show notes. Please sign up for my free newsletter. I'm charmingly laconic, so I am going to be very brief there like I am everywhere and give you money-making ideas and insights, I hope, uh, every single day. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, please. I'd love to get to a thousand plus. Uh, I really appreciate your help in advance for that. Please go to wherever you podcast, Spotify, Apple, etc. I'd love if you would rate and review. Uh, it takes just a few seconds and it really helps us climb up the rankings. And please follow us on your favorite uh, social media where I break in with all kinds of things and hopefully share things that uh, that help you make money in up and down markets. Uh, full disclosure and, and you're, you're smart people. This is not financial advice. I don't know your ins, uh, the ins and outs of your personal financial situation. And so what I show is exactly what I share with my boys, Bobby and Jack, like I did in college. We talk about investment ideas. Their friends would come in and now it, it's grown to, uh, to, to this point with this wonderful polished, uh, Chrissy making me look better than I, than I, I really am. I so, do my best. God bless you. <laughs> Uh, she's Australian. Um, G'day, everybody. <laughs> uh, today's topic, uh, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, and Chrissy just you know, said, who's SBF? I think everybody knows this stuff, and uh, it's understandable that if you're outside of, uh, of, of the investing world or the crypto world, you don't know about SBF. But uh, here's a, a New York Times uh, headline, how Sam Bankman-Fried's crypto empire collapsed in a week. You have to work really, really hard to do this. You had some very, very smart people that uh, that thought Sam Bankman-Fried was, and, and frankly, from the outside, it looked like this. I thought he was uh, the the J.P. Morgan or the Warren Buffett, or he was lucky, or he was good, where he had amassed these billions of dollars. Uh, inside of FTX, a crypto exchange based in the Bahamas. He had all these VCs, and every time another crypto, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, etc., anybody that was involved in that world got into financial trouble, he seemed to show up and say, hey, 
I'll buy this for cents on the dollar, put it on inside FTX, and, and, and we'll go forward. And I said, okay, he's going to consolidate the industry, have economies of scale, and he'll be one of the you know, one, two, three really big survivors. And this is going to be, be, be fascinating. So my focus has always been on stocks and ETFs because I, I can understand revenues and margins and cash flows and earnings, but the crypto world obviously has come up because of, of uh, you know what's what's transpired over the last few years. So to catch you up briefly, you know you can see this in the it's in all over the journal. FTX's digital coin was at heart of fiasco, hence the title of the show. Collapse puts FTX in legal crosshairs. What apparently he did was there's two entities. There's 130 inside this, this, this labyrinth. Like that, I took the SATs the other day, labyrinth. Um, the, uh, there's FTX and there's Alameda, his, his hedge fund. And apparently Alameda was not as good an investor as the headlines would have suggested, was investing in, in, in coins and projects and exchanges uh, that, was, that were not going well. We don't know all the ins and outs yet, but it's going to come out. By the way, it's going to be a Michael Lewis book and movie that is going to be killer. So he wrote the big short, and this is the big crypto short, and so history repeats again. Anyway, I digress. Uh, they ran into trouble at Alameda. He took, apparently... $10 billion of customer funds and transfer them to Alameda to, to cover those losses. And I guess thought he could trade his way out of it with his girlfriend who runs Alameda. Uh, that is just a huge red flag. He is in a world of legal trouble. Uh, and, and the word fraud is being tossed around a great deal. And this is going to be uh, the likes of Enron and uh, uh, Bertie Madoff. And it's, it's, it's really uh, sad for a lot of people. And I hope none of you, and I hope I've helped you get there. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, but so here's what's going to happen now. The, the, whoever has to uh, untangle this mess is going to go through their 130-plus entities inside of FTX and all of the leverage they've put on in the system. And the, then... They're based in the Bahamas, so then you have all kinds of legal complications about what is where and who is jurisdiction. And then they have their main assets are going to be these illiquid crypto coins worth God knows what and who's going to be the, the, the buyer if you have to sell. And so I think contagion is highly likely. We're seeing that today. ETH is getting crushed. It was 11% when I, when I uh, pulled up here to the studio, which is a beautiful studio, by the way, Studio 21 here in Salem. Uh, so what does this mean for you? Okay, this is all great, but I want to, you know, how, how does this impact you? I want to go back to what I said in, in June 21st, and, and please click on the link, because I, you know, I hold my feet to the fire. Here's time stamped. I said, the cell discipline works. I'm out of uh, Bitcoin, GBTC, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, for now. And the for now meant, okay, I think this is going to be, uh, I follow the discipline, I'm out. I'm telling you to be out if you're in, in, in crypto or certainly in Bitcoin, and we'll revisit this. Well, uh, that was at $31. Uh, GBTC, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, is down 9 down to under $9, and that's down 70%. And so I know I harp on selling all the time for this very reason. You, coming back from 70% losses is really, really tough obviously. And I don't want you to do it. So please go back and look at what I said. And I posted this the other day on, uh, on Twitter and elsewhere. 
Uh, I'm pretty good at this stuff, and I want you to at least do, do your own due diligence. If I say, hey, this really looks ugly, I want you to really uh, consider this. Uh, here's the, the grayscale Bitcoin chart. Uh, it is, it's a falling knife. And uh, if you haven't heard that expression, you know, it's a falling knife happens in, in the stock market a lot in ETFs. I like my thumbs, and so I don't want them cut off, and so I'm not going to try and catch this. I think this is going to be a big, big problem, uh, and it just tells me that I don't want to be anywhere near this, especially given the dynamics that, that I just mentioned. I also want to point you to my April 21st point, where I said Dogecoin likely will crash below a dime in six months Here's why. Pretty subtle, right? I mean, pretty vague. Anyway, uh, it took a year, but uh, we went from a 64 cent peak to under nine cents, down 85%. And please go to the link and, uh, and, and click on that. It's under two minutes. And, uh, you know, I've done this, so it's not bragging. It, uh, the, these are the calls that, that, I, that I, I really try to make for you. And I recall vividly uh, guys unsolicited in bars, you know, showing me their Robinhood account and how much they made on Dogecoin. And uh, the why I said it was going to go down under a dime is that it was a parabola. It went up just like this. And so there's no support as you, as you, uh, to catch it as you come back down. Parabola is correct to 80% plus. That's the history. That's you know, all the chart reading that I've done. And so here we are. So I've had a couple things to say about crypto, and they've been prescient. And uh, I hope I can be helpful down the road. I've got a take uh, from a, 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 a viewer's question that I want to address, an audience question. But uh, I'm going to go to the to the mailbag. Uh, but please, please go to the the bakes take. Sorry, the stockmarketauthority.com, dating myself. Uh, sign up for my free newsletter. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, I really like to get to 1,000 plus. We're very dude centric. I'd like to have some ladies join us. That would be awesome. Please go to the podcast, wherever you uh, podcast, Spotify, Apple, etc. Please follow on social media. Uh, and again, this is not financial advice. I'm just showing what I'm doing. So here's the mailbag. <laughs> There's a letter in your mailbox. You got mail. <laughs> that is, is that fabulous. What you had in mind? <laughs> that is that is exactly what I had in mind. Something something subtle, subtle, yeah. very subtle. Uh, so that's Chrissy's surprise for me, which is great. This is the mailbag, and uh, uh, it, it, it's unbelievable how things dovetail together. Fred from California wrote in, "Hey, Bakes, what do I do with my crypto?" and uh, my my blunt response then and now is sell to the sleeping point. If you're up and you're thinking about this and you're wondering what to do, sell to the point you can you can get some peace. Uh, I hope it's not a significant amount of money, uh, but it, it doesn't really. Sorry, it does matter. It matters to you, so it matters to me. Um, but hope isn't a strategy, and the market doesn't care what you paid for it, what you thought you you know were gonna was gonna happen here. It's now a loss. So at least make it a tax loss. It's November. Take your medicine, sell it down to you know maybe zero if you want to have it as a small speculation because you think something's going on down the road. All right. But the crypto winter uh, just got much colder. It's going to last much longer. And um, uh, frankly, you'll, you'll feel emancipated if you could take that off your screen and just not look at that anymore. So that's my uh, tough, hard, 
uh, crypto thoughts right there. Uh, but you know, you can't you can't change the the history. And again, the FTX uh, SBF uh, fiasco is going to go on for years and years and years. And we're just starting to see that tip of the iceberg. Uh, Basel came in again, and you know, given all this FTX stuff, Bakes, what do you think about fintech? SoFi we talked about last week. Coinbase, C-O-I-N is the symbol. Robinhood, H-O-O-D, makes a significant amount of its profits from, from uh, trading uh, cryptos. And uh, I don't think this is fatal for any of those companies, but it's not good. And I always say, what's the upside? You know, what's going to be the positive surprise that happens? And if the answer is crickets, nothing, then I say, who cares? You know, let them try and, 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 and uh, limp along in their business. I listened to Brian Armstrong, the Coinbase CEO. He was in, uh, on the All In podcast, thoughtful guy, took great pains to show, you know, say that we're public. We're audited. We have lines of credit. We have, you know, bank diversification. Uh, uh, customer funds are not uh, commingled, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And those are all things that mean it's not that bad and that they likely won't go out of business and they're not FTX, but it's not good. Because anybody who thought about, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money in crypto, let me set up my Coinbase account, said, no thanks, I'll take a pass, I'll see you next year at least. So that's just the way the world works. And uh, uh, it's, it's a lesser part of the business for, for Robinhood and SoFi, square to a lesser extent. But that part of the business is going to stink for a long, long time. So... Uh, I'm out of fintech for the time being. I look every single month, as you know, but I didn't see anything last month that said, oh boy, these are bottom and are starting to rise from the ashes and I got to go buy them. So I would stay the heck away. And I, believe me, I'm going to come in one of these days and say, you got to buy you know, something with, with both hands. It isn't this and it isn't now. Uh, here's the Coinbase chart. This is another falling knife that I want you to avoid and I sure am. And this just gives you perspective. You know, IPO, highly touted, crypto's ripping, the Fed's easy, and uh, runs to 340 uh, at, at the zenith. A crazy number, frankly. Now it's at 53, less today, as I, as I looked um, uh, as I was driving in, and uh, the company's losing money. And so in this market, with, with crypto doing what it's doing, with the, the, the lack of other lines of business to buttress this, I just think they're going to be on the ropes for a while. And I say no thanks, uh, at least for Coinbase. And if you want to talk about something else, have at it. I'm, I, I love doing this. But um, uh, And then Murph came to me, uh, uh, one of Jack's friends out of New York, uh, one of my favorites, and said, Bakes, you know, uh, what percentage should I invest? Not in crypto, just overall. And again, I don't know your, the, the, the details of your personal situation. This isn't financial advice. But uh, having said that, I think something that, that should be obvious is keeping money away from, from taxes uh, is, is just very logical. So, you know, you know your budget, you know what's left over, but whatever you can take off comfortably, uh, especially if you can max out the deduction and max out the uh, company contribution, put as much as you can into a retirement vehicle, 401k, IRA, whatever your case is, and just automatically, especially in your 20s, 
you know, buy the S&P index fund that's in there that costs next to nothing, and that will compound at 8 9%. It's going to go down 30% of the time. We're all big boys and girls here, but have that compound you know, into your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you end up with a lot of money, and then you pay the tax as you take it out down the road. So, uh, and I just think that's blocking and tackling kind of things. Now, shameless plug, if you have money left over, I think you ought to be doing the kinds of things that we're doing, looking for situations that the pros can't touch, won't touch, and make money in in, in, in a down market. And uh, I just think it, it's psychologically beneficial to you know be playing offense on the balls of your feet you know having your money work for you as hard as it can and frankly i enjoy it i love the intellectual challenge i like going against the grain i like crushing the pros we covered that last week and um so Murph, I hope I answered that. If I didn't, please come back to me, and we'll I'll, I'll cover any topics in in more depth. Uh, Dave from New Hampshire uh, uh, wrote in and said, "Hey, is this Bakes? Is the stock market going to crash?" And I go, "Huh." Uh, my knee jerk reaction is, "I doubt it." Uh, because there's enough uh, uh, fear and consternation out there. I don't see a black swan event blindsiding us uh, wildly at this point in time. And just for context, I, I was there for the 87 crash. I was there for, for the, the tech bubble in 2000. I, I, you know, 9-11, I was in New York. I was in Midtown. I wasn't down there uh, uh, by the towers. 07, 08, and I saw the COVID 2020. So I've got the scars to, to prove it. And I don't see anything out there, and I don't see the charts suggesting a, a, a big collapse. I'm always looking at the charts, as you know. I don't see it out there right now. Two things to consider, and we talked about this last year when very few people were. It was on you know page 42 of The Economist, and uh, they were talking about the, the increasing tensions in Taiwan. That's real. And I don't think that's priced in. If something really militarily happens uh, with China trying to retake Taiwan and us arming them and, and, and defending them, all these nice meetings that they had over the weekend uh, are going to be for naught, and that's going to be a real problem. Taiwan Semiconductor uh, is is a huge contributor to the to the uh, chip ecosystem, the technology ecosystem, and they're based in Taiwan, obviously. So if something happens bad to them, it's going to be bad for a lot, a lot of companies and technology overall. And then uh, something I hate to think about this. But uh, Russia is being exposed as, as much less than a superpower, certainly not a military conventional superpower. Do they want to be a nuclear superpower and, and get desperate and, and uh, explode nukes? We had this news item about a missile in Poland, which didn't really make any sense. That's you know, playing itself out. But, so there are black swans out there. I don't think a, cra- a crash is likely. And if you're using our, our uh, cell discipline that we talk about so much, I don't think you're going to be, be harmed too much if anything like that happens. So uh, I hope that's helpful. So, and please, keep those coming in. I really love this stuff. And uh, I've got opinions, believe me. And um, I hope they add value. All right. I want to segue to the, uh, the portfolio. And uh, this gets a lot of positive response as well, and I hope you agree, because I don't see a lot of other podcasters doing this. 
you know, we just, I just show what, what I invest in with my wife and I and, and you know, using my crazy reading of, of thousands of charts every, every month. And so here's the portfolio. Uh, uh, and the first thing I do when I, and I spend about three minutes a day on this, I really do. I look for red and I look for down 15%. And if it's down 15%, I shoot it like old yeller. And I don't have any of those. And I rarely have any of those because, and I, I know this discipline is, 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 is tough to adopt. It took years for me to do it. But when you, when you don't have anything bigger than down 15%, you can make it up in other winners. And so I want you to hold your, lunars, uh, hold your winners, let them run, and, and, and cut your losers. So you see I've got three really, really small losses down here. And um, uh, pretty proud of that. And obviously a lot of winners here that by and large are mostly long-term capital gains. So the tax bill is not going to be that bad. Uh, I, last week, I want to talk about two. I don't want to go through the, all these line by line, but please follow me on social media so you see when I say, hey, you know, something's changed here. The, uh, I, I locked in a 59% profit in the, uh, the SARC uh, ETF, S-A-R-K. Uh, that's the next chart. Uh, locked in a 59% profit. I still own two-thirds, uh, but when the it breaks the 200-day the moving average, again, it's automatic pilot. I don't think about it. I'm very dispassionate. I sell a third. I think I'm right. I think the market's wrong, but uh, that's like spitting on the umpire. I don't do it. I'm out for a third, and then I'll let the two-thirds run. And I hope it hits new highs. If it doesn't, it hurts a little bit less. And if it does, so be it. I'm still making money. And um, this is the the ARC fund, which is uh, uh, – they own the Teslas, the coins, the Robin Hoods of the world, uh, uh, Zoom and, and, and Roku and things like that. I still think, as much as they've gone down, they look expensive to me. The charts look ugly, especially Tesla, and they're coming down. So uh, stay tuned. We'll see what happens. But taking 59% profits, I'll do that all day. I'll take it all day. Next, and I, I'm going to put this out later today, I uh, sold a third of the uh, EFZ uh, ETF. The, this is short the Nestle's and the AstraZeneca's of the world, the old line European stocks. And uh, for right now, I'm wrong. I was down 10%. I'm selling a third. Um, and I, I, again, I think these things are eventually going to decline. And so this, this ETF that benefits when, when those stock prices decline, it's going to go up. I think that's the case. I think I'm right, but the market is telling me otherwise. Uh, that brings my cash up to 33%. And the pros would never do this. I talked about this on the last show. You know, you don't have the constraints, the handcuffs that the pros do. And so having uh, a third of the portfolio in cash, I can change that in an afternoon. I'm always looking for new opportunities. But the market is telling me that you have to be a little bit more nimble and be looking for uh, uh, a change in, in sentiment. So I'm sure at 56%, uh, the, the ARC stocks that we talked about, the SPACs, uh, all the EVs that are in there, and, and, and the lower quality SPACs that, w- that came out over the last year, I'm sure at emerging markets, 
mainly China, by the way. The Qs, which is Apple, Tesla, Microsoft, etc. The small caps, the Russell 2000, real estate, financials, and the big European stocks. So I'm literally about as diversified and global as I can possibly be by, in essence, being short, uh, you know, six or seven ETFs. Uh, I own the agriculture, literally the, the, the bushels of wheat and corn and soybean through, through uh, the TAGS uh, ETF. And I'm still long energy, which is acting better than the underlying commodity. And I'm a little bit uh, leery of that. But uh, uh, I, I do want to have some exposure to energy. And I'm a third in cash. I go through thousands of charts, at least monthly, usually more often, and there's nothing new to buy yet. Believe me, I'll come out uh, when, when I have something, but um, uh, I'll break in with new investment ideas. But I, I, right now, I like where I am. We're still up for the year, and uh, I think that's pretty darn, uh, pretty darn good. Having said all that, uh, J.C. Peretz at All-Star Charts, I really respect. I like him. Uh, he's been very forceful about his his uh, uh, cyclical and, and, and seasonality uh, work. And we just had the election. You know what I think about politics and stocks. Stocks drive elections, not the other way around. By the way, uh, the market was up since Biden took office, and so that might explain a lot of the reason why you didn't have a red wave. And I know they're going to say people hate Trump, et cetera, et cetera. I contend that the stock market wasn't down enough to really damage him, even though his approval rating is pretty poor. Uh, that kind of saved him. If you see uh, uh, the next two years' stocks really going down, then he becomes Carter. And um, uh, and I doubt, he, frankly, he runs again. But uh, So here we are now. The the it's now November. The election's behind us, and you see what happens in this blue line. If 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 past his prologue, we'll start having a good years uh, for the next two. It could happen. Uh, the question I have is a few things. The Fed is raising rates, not lowering rates. Although inflation is slowing. So that's a caveat I have. EPS is, estimates are coming down. I think we're probably already in a recession. And uh, does, so we'll see how much this plays out. And then my real tiebreaker is I go through all those charts and I don't see big parts of, of, of the growth markets that uh, I want to buy. And when I do, I'll change my tune. So right now, I like where I am and... Um, but I'm, I just want you to be thinking of the positive developments that could occur if this cycle plays out this year. Um, I talk a lot about, about heavy stuff, and I don't, you know, some of this is serious, and, and I don't want to be overly serious. So I always finish off with some much-needed levity. That's my, you know, we got to come up with a segment, some more uh, goofiness for that. Um, Gary Goldman's one of my favorites. Uh, he, uh, we saw him live when I went to uh, the Comedy Cellar in New York, which I really recommend. It's a fabulous place. And uh, this is Gary Goldman on anti-Semitism. I wish I could play a clip for you, but then the copyright lawyers come out of the, the, the woodwork. So go to the show notes, click on this. It's six minutes. It's on anti-Semitism. Uh, it's absurd and funny, and it'll really make you, you smile. So uh, I hope that, that finishes up nicely. All right. 
That's the show. Please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for my free newsletter. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast so that when you're driving or walking the dog or working out, you can hear this wonderful baritone uh, tell you about what's going on in in money and markets. Uh, Please follow on your favorite social media. Please uh, email me, bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. Twitter at bakestakes underscore. I respond to everything. Good, bad, ugly. I respond to it. Thank you very much. See you next week. Keep smiling. I'm Bakes. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.